Okay, so today we'll take a look at chapter 33. And depending on time, we'll go through this or we'll take it next week. So in chapter 33, we see uh, three main uh, sections. Uh, Moses begins uh, with worship, where he exalts God as a great God. And we see that in verses uh, one through five. And in the second part, we see uh, the blessings on all the tribes uh, given by Moses. And the chapter closes uh, again with the worship, uh, with a focus on why uh, Israel uh, is a blessed nation. So, so as we come to the end of Deuteronomy, we also see that the promise uh, that was given to Abraham a uh, long time back uh, in Genesis, when God called him uh, to come out, uh, God also gave him a promise that out of his seed, uh, many nations uh, will be blessed. And in Genesis uh, chapter 15, verse 18, we see that the promise uh, of the promised land uh, that is given to Abraham, uh, it says, in the same day, the Lord made a covenant uh, with Abraham saying, unto thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt uh, unto the great river, the river Euphrates. And we also see that in Genesis 15, the Lord had already prophesied that uh, Israelites will be in bondage uh, for about 400 years, but after that, uh, they will be redeemed and they will come out uh, with great uh, substance. And we know that is what happened when they left Egypt, they came out with great substance, they crossed the Red Sea, and now they are uh, uh, getting close to entering the promised land. And that is what the book of Deuteronomy has been about, teaching us about the laws which they should follow uh, in the promised land, uh, so that their life can be a blessing. So in verses uh, one through five, we see that uh, Moses begins uh, with the worship, uh, with an exaltation to God. So this chapter is uh, anchored in worship at the beginning and at the end. And in between, we see the blessings that Moses gives uh, to all the tribes. Yeah, so, uh, so the chapter begins uh, with a focus on the glory of God and why God is great. And a lot of the language uh, that we see in chapter 33 is uh, poetic, so it may not be very clear uh, in terms of what the meaning is, but we'll go through it. So we see that uh, one of the titles that is given to Moses uh, in chapter 33 is uh, Moses uh, is a man of God. And obviously that's a great uh, title uh, for anyone to have. And truly, when we look at Moses' life, uh, he was truly a man uh, who was chosen by God. He was led by God. Uh, from the beginning of his life uh, till the very end. And that's why his life uh, was a blessing uh, to many, uh, because uh, he was a man of God. And in the beginning verses, we see that God is uh, exalted uh, as the glorious one. Uh, he is pictured as someone uh, that comes forth uh, from the mountain, and he comes with 10,000 of saints. And... Uh, from his right hand uh, went a fiery law uh, for them. And we know that the laws were given by God and he wrote it on the tablets. And here the image is given that from his right hand uh, went the fiery law. And he was not only the giver of the law, but he was also the teacher of the law. Uh, as it says in verse three, uh, they sat down uh, at his feet. Uh, Everyone shall receive of thy words. And in verse 3, we see that uh, he loved uh, the people, so he's pictured as the lover of Israel. So we know that the Israelites uh, were the chosen ones of God, 
that, and despite the many mistakes that they made, uh, despite their many failures, uh, we see that God remained uh, faithful uh, to Israelites uh, till the very end. And the promise is that God will restore everything to Israel uh, at the end. And we also see in verse 3 that saints uh, are in thy hand, which gives us a picture that he's the one who's guarding and he's the one who's giving security and protection to Israel. And we also see that he's not only a teacher, he's not only uh, the giver of the law, but he's also the king of Israel, uh, where we see the term Jeshurun, which means the upright one. So even though the people of Israel were crooked, but uh, we see that they were ruled uh, by God himself, uh, who took on the position uh, as a divine leader, as the king of Israel. And the law that was given to them was the link uh, to the blessings for Israel. Uh, no other nation got the laws uh, that the Israelites received. And because of that, uh, they were able to partake in the blessings, or at least they were given the promise of blessings if they are able to follow the laws. And as we look in history, we know that Israelites broke the law. Uh, even as we saw last week, uh, when everything was going well, uh, they went away from the Lord. They started worshiping idols. And as a result, uh, God's curse and God's uh, chastisement and punishment was upon them. And we see this verse, a uh, phrase in verse 3 that all his saints are in thy hand uh, that reminds us uh, of the security of God's children. And all of us are children of God. And we have the assurance that we are in his hand. Uh, even as it reminds us in Isaiah 49, 16, I have inscribed you in the palm of my hands. And John 10, 28 uh, reminds us of the eternal security that we have uh, once we receive the gift of salvation, that no one can plug the mouth of my father's hand. So no matter what uh, we might be going through, uh, we need to always have that picture uh, in our mind that we are uh, secure uh, in his hand. Uh, it may seem like uh, we are facing many challenges. Uh, it may seem like the life is very volatile, uh, but we know that the Lord is still in command and we are still placed uh, in the security of his hand. So that's what the disciples also experienced uh, when they were going through the storm, uh, even though the ship was rocking, but the Lord Jesus Christ uh, himself was present uh, in the storm. And because of that, uh, they were secure. So that's the assurance that we have as God's children, that we are safe and we are secure uh, in his hand. And as we go to the next uh, portion, which is the biggest uh, portion here, uh, it speaks about the blessings uh, on the tribes of Israel or the tribes of Jacob. And when we, just to give some context, uh, when we look at the Jewish uh, families, uh, we read about two important blessings. Uh, one is the birthright, which gives them the double portion. And the second blessing that uh, every son wants uh, is the final blessing of the father. And when we look at the life of Jacob, uh, we know that uh, he cheated uh, Esau uh, of both the blessings, uh, both the birthright and also the final blessing uh, that was given by Isaac. As we read in Genesis uh, 27, 36, and he said, uh, is not he rightly named Jacob? For he had uh, supplanted me uh, these two times. Uh, he took away my birthright 
and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. Uh, and he said, uh, hast not thou reserved a blessing for me? So that's a sad uh, chapter uh, in the life of Esau, uh, where he loses uh, both the blessings that were uh, supposed to come to him as the first son, as the firstborn. Uh, but Jacob uh, deceives him twice and cheats him of both the blessing. But as we look in history, we see that God is uh, merciful to Jacob and he blesses him. And now at this point, uh, we are seeing that uh, Moses uh, is blessing uh, the tribes that came out of Jacob or the sons that came out of Jacob. But we know that uh, at this point, Jacob uh, ran away uh, because he was afraid that uh, Esau would kill him or Esau would uh, come after him. And he goes to Laban and he serves him for 20 years. And when he's there, uh, he is blessed with uh, 13 uh, children. And after the children are born, uh, he returns uh, back to Canaan. And he's also reconciled uh, with his elder brother uh, Esau. And as the story goes, we know that there was a famine uh, in Egypt. And Joseph is already in Egypt. And Jacob also ends up in Egypt. But uh, he comes back to Canaan. And that's where he dies. So we see that uh, when Jacob was away, uh, he had 12 sons and one daughter, uh, two of them uh, from his wives, uh, Leah and Rachel, and two from the servants uh, that he had uh, in his house. And we know that Leah was the first one to conceive, and she had four children. And after that, he had two more children from Rachel's servant and two more from Leah's servant. And after that, Leah had two more children, uh, Zebulun and her first uh, daughter, Dina. And after that, Rachel had two children, uh, Joseph uh, and Benjamin. So that's where uh, that, that family ended uh, in terms of Jacob's uh, children. But we see that the promise is again reinforced, the promise uh, that was given to Abraham uh, was reinforced to Jacob in Genesis 28, where it says, uh, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed, and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad uh, to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south, and in thee and thy seed shall all the families of the earth uh, be blessed. So we see that historically, uh, even though the promise was given long time back, uh, we see that the, the Jewish people, they multiplied uh, when they were in Egypt. And when they came out, they multiplied even more. And today, when we look at them, uh, we see that they are scattered uh, around the world and they are still very much blessed uh, as a nation. And in Genesis uh, 32, that's where we see the change of name. Uh, when Jacob uh, wrestles with God, uh, he is blessed uh, with a new name, uh, Israel. So that is where we are in chapter 33, where we see the blessing uh, that Moses is going to give to all the tribes. And we see something similar in Genesis uh, 49, uh, where Jacob uh, blesses uh, all the children. Uh, so it kind of uh, looks similar to what we are reading uh, in Genesis Deuteronomy 33. But uh, in Genesis 49, uh, Jacob is blessing uh, them uh, 
so the relationship is of a father to sons. But when we come to Deuteronomy, Moses uh, is giving the blessing uh, more as a leader uh, to leader to Israel as a nation. So obviously Moses uh, is not their father. Uh, he was simply leading them uh, through the wilderness and he is giving the blessing to them uh, as a nation, tribe by tribe, uh, just before his death. And also Jacob's uh, blessing uh, is seen as a prophecy as we read in 49.1, that I may tell you uh, that which shall befall you uh, in the last days. And also as a father, we see that uh, many of the words uh, are not fully blessing. There are some negative things that we see where Reuben uh, is chastised for his uh, immoral behavior. And we also see that Simeon and Levi are cursed uh, for the murders in Shechem. And in Genesis, the tribes are mentioned uh, in the order of birth, uh, whereas in Deuteronomy, there is no specific order. Uh, it's more based on where they were located. And as we come to Deuteronomy 33, uh, all the tribes are mentioned except uh, Simeon. And we also see that the prominent tribes uh, that receive a lot of verses uh, are the two tribes of Joseph and the Levites. So we'll go through uh, each one of them and see what it says. First one uh, is the blessing on Reuben. And it simply says, let Reuben live and not die and let not his men uh, be few. So that's different from the blessing that Jacob gave Reuben, where he says, uh, thou shalt not excel. Uh, but here, when Moses is blessing them as a tribe, uh, he's reversing uh, some of those uh, condemnation uh, by Jacob, and he's saying that they should be blessed, and they should be blessed with long life, and they should also multiply uh, in terms of families. And when we read in uh, numbers, when the census is taken, we see that uh, these are the families of Reubenites, and they that were numbered of them were 43,730. So, so they were not a small tribe, uh, even though uh, Jake, uh, Joseph said, Jacob said that they should not excel. And the next one we see is the blessing on Judah that we uh, that we were reminded of uh, even last Sunday. So Judah means uh, praise. And the verse says, this is the blessing of Judah. And he said, hear Lord, the voice of Judah and bring him unto his people. Let his hands be sufficient for him and be thou and help uh, to him uh, from his enemies. So we know that uh, at this point, they're about to enter the promised land. And when they enter the promised land, they still have to, fight uh, many battles uh, in order to conquer the land. So that's why we see that when Moses uh, is giving blessings uh, to the tribes, uh, many of these blessings uh, speak about the uh, protection of God or speak about God giving them victory uh, in the battles or in conflicts. So in case of Judah, he is blessed as the intercessor or so it's when it says here, Lord, the voice of Judah. So he would be like an intercessor. Uh, he would also be a leader and he would enjoy protection in wars. And we also know that Jesus came uh, from the line of Judah. So in that sense, uh, he was truly blessed, uh, even as uh, Jacob uh, 
blessed in Genesis 49, 8, it says the scepter shall not depart uh, from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet uh, until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. So we see that Judah is a prominent tribe, uh, historically based on uh, what happens uh, later. And in Judges 1-2, we see that uh, uh, they are in war or they are helping in war. So it says, now after the death of Joshua, it came to pass that the children of Israel uh, asked the Lord saying, who shall go for us against the Canaanites first uh, to fight against them? And the Lord said, Judah shall go up. Behold, I have delivered the land uh, into his hand. So that's again uh, consistent. Uh, with the blessing that was given uh, on the tribe of Judah, uh, that they would fight the battles, uh, they would take the lead, and they would also enjoy uh, God's uh, protection, and they will also enjoy God's victory. And through the line of Judah, uh, the blessing would come uh, in the form of Lord Jesus Christ uh, for the redemption of all mankind. And that will fulfill the promise uh, that was given to Abraham, that in thy seed, shall all nations be blessed. So through the seed of Christ, we see that all of us are blessed. So we see that Simeon uh, is missing in this list. Uh, and as you said, uh, Simeon was given a land uh, in the same territory as Judah. So maybe uh, it was uh, connected with that or the blessing was absorbed uh, with the tribe of Judah. Okay, so we know that Levites uh, were not given a portion of the land, uh, but they were blessed uh, as God himself, as their inheritance. And they had given the task, as we read in verse 10, uh, they shall teach and they, should also, they will also perform uh, the worship or the sacrifice upon the altar uh, as the priests. So they are seen as the worship leaders and teachers. And uh, when we go to Exodus, we see that they took a stand uh, for the Lord. Uh, when Moses came down, uh, when the worship was going on with the golden calf, uh, we see uh, in verse 26, then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, uh, who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi uh, gathered themselves uh, together unto him. So we know, see that they were committed uh, to God, even at that point, and they were willing to take a stand uh, for the Lord. And in this portion, we read that they did not acknowledge uh, even their own uh, family. So in that sense, we can say that God came uh, first uh, in their life. Uh, as we read in verse 9, it says, uh, neither did he acknowledge his brethren, nor knew uh, his own children, for they have observed thy word and kept thy covenant. So they observed the laws and kept the covenant. And in Jeremiah, we read, uh, when the priests are not faithful to God, uh, it also leads to decline, uh, decline uh, among the community. And that is what we see when the leaders are not upholding the standards, or if the leaders are not teaching what they are supposed to teach, uh, as we read in Deuteronomy, then obviously the whole community, the whole nation uh, is affected by that. And the blessing that is given to them is that the Lord would bless uh, their substance. Uh, the Lord would bless uh, the work uh, of their hands. And again, we see uh, a protection or security on this tribe 
uh, that the Lord would smite uh, those who hate them. And in Genesis uh, 49, verse 5, the prophecy that is given uh, is that I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. So the Levites were scattered uh, throughout uh, the entire promised land or Canaan. And because of that, uh, they were able to serve the role of being teachers uh, in different communities and being priests uh, in different communities. So in that sense, uh, it was well orchestrated. And we also read in verse 8 about Tumim and Urim uh, in verse 8. Uh, so those are uh, stones, uh, special stones, uh, which are used to find God's will and exercise judgment. And we see one more reference to that in Exodus 28.30. Uh, it says, thou shalt put, on, put in the breastplate of judgment, the Urim and the Tumim, and they shall be upon uh, Aaron's hut. And Aaron was, of course, a priest. Uh, so when he goeth in before the Lord, and Aaron shall bear the judgment of the children of Israel upon his heart uh, before the Lord uh, continually. And of course, uh, today, uh, we don't need to have the stones to know what is God's will or to discern God's will. Uh, we simply have to read uh, the word of God that is given to us. And we need to be sensitive uh, to the Holy Spirit that is living within us. And through that, uh, we are able to find uh, God's will. So we don't need a priest and we don't need uh, a stone or any other traditions. Uh, we simply have to go to God in prayer and read the word and be uh, sensitive to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And in verse 12, we read the blessing on Benjamin. It says, and of Benjamin, he said, the beloved of the Lord shall dwell in safety by him. And the Lord shall cover him all the day long, and he shall dwell between his shoulders. So again, we see the same theme of safety and protection. And Benjamin uh, is considered as a small tribe, as we read in 6827 of Psalms, uh, little Benjamin. And uh, even though he's little, uh, but he's given uh, a beautiful title where it says he's called the beloved uh, of the Lord. And uh, later on, we see that the temple is located uh, in Benjamin's uh, territory, and the region itself uh, is surrounded by hills, uh, which again speaks of God protection. Uh, even as it says, the Lord will cover all day and will dwell uh, between uh, God's uh, shoulders. Uh, again, it speaks uh, about the intimacy of the tribe uh, with God, or it again speaks about uh, God is very near. Uh, to his children, uh, just as we saw earlier, that we are written uh, in his palm, or we are safe uh, in his arms. And here again, the same picture is given to us, that the Lord will cover him uh, all day long. So it is not, uh, it is not a security for half the time or some of the time, but the Lord will cover us uh, all day long, and we are secure 24-7, uh, uh, 365 days, a year uh, in his. And when we come to 13 through 17, uh, it speaks about the blessings uh, on the tribes of uh, Ephraim and Manasseh, uh, who are actually the children of Joseph. Okay, so Ephraim and Manasseh, they are a bit of an exception because uh, they're not really the children of Jacob, uh, like everyone else, but they are still part of the tribes of Israel. So we can see how that happened. 
And when we go back to uh, 1 Chronicle 5 or Book of Genesis, uh, we see that the birthright uh, is given to Joseph uh, and not to Reuben, uh, even though uh, he was the firstborn. So, so he received the birthright uh, blessings uh, due to the sin of Reuben. And as we saw earlier, birthright means uh, a double portion is given. So in this case, that went to Joseph. And through that, uh, it was transferred to uh, Joseph's son. And we also read in Genesis that Jacob uh, actually adopted uh, the two sons. He called them his own children. And through that, also, they became part of the same tribe. So generally, the birthright would be given to the firstborn. But we see uh, in case of uh, Isaac, uh, he received the blessing, uh, even though Ishmael was the firstborn of Abraham. Uh, in the same way as we saw uh, Jacob uh, received the blessing, even though he was not the firstborn. And here again, we see that Joseph uh, is given that privilege, uh, even though he was not the firstborn. And in Genesis uh, 48, uh, this is a time where, where Jacob is about to die, and Joseph goes to visit him uh, with his two sons. And Jacob uh, recognizes the two sons of Joseph, and he calls them uh, they are mine. So here, and then again, it speaks of protection. It speaks the enemies uh, shall not prevail. And Ephraim is credited with ten thousands uh, since he is chosen or he is blessed more and minus with thousands. So that could be one way uh, of looking at it. And if you go back to Genesis 48, uh, there again, we see that Joseph uh, is blessed uh, by Jacob and it is consistent with what we see. Uh, in terms of the blessing that Moses bestows on Joseph and his two children. And when we come to verse 18 and 19, we see the blessing on the next two tribes, which is Zebulun and Issachar. And it says, and of Zebulun, he said, rejoice, Zebulun, in thy going out, and Issachar in thy tents. They shall call the people unto the mountain. There they shall offer uh, sacrifices of righteousness for they shall suck of the abundance of the seas and of the treasures ahead in the sand. So here the blessing is that they would be used by God uh, to encourage uh, people to worship. So even though uh, they don't have the same privilege uh, as the Levites, but here uh, the blessing is that they would call the people unto the mountains, uh, which is where the sacrifice will take place or the worship will take place. And they will be blessed uh, with the abundance uh, from the Sea of Galilee and the treasures uh, hid in the sand. So it's not very clear uh, exactly what that means. Uh, what are the treasures uh, hid in the sand? So it could be simply uh, the blessing of abundance in whatever form God chooses to bless them. And in Genesis 49, 13, where Jacob is blessing the children, he says, Zebulun shall dwell at the haven of the sea, and he shall be for an haven of ships, and his border shall be unto Zidon. Here in 1 Chronicle, it speaks about of Zebulun, such as went forth to battle, uh, expert in war with all the instruments of war, 50,000, which could keep rank, and they were not of double here. Next, we come to the blessings on Gad, the next tribe, which is verse 20 and 21. Yeah, so we read about them earlier in Deuteronomy that uh, they received land uh, before entering Jordan. So before entering Jordan, they had two 
conflicts uh, that we read about uh, here. And along with the tribe of Reuben and half the tribe of Manasseh, they decided to settle uh, before entering Jordan. But even though they received the land uh, before entering Jordan or before entering the uh, designated promised land, uh, we also saw earlier that they uh, continued to fight or they continued to help the other tribes uh, in conquering uh, their allotted land or their allotted territory. So in Genesis uh, Numbers 30 to 25, it says, And the children of Gad and the children of Reuben spake unto Moses, saying, uh, Thy servants will do as my Lord commandeth. Uh, our little ones, our wives, our flocks, and all our cattle shall be there in the cities of Gilead. Uh, but thy servants or, or the men will go to war, and even as they promised. So we see that uh, they were unselfish in that sense. Uh, even though they had already received the land, uh, they still cared for the other tribes, and they were willing to fight with them so that they could conquer the promised land. And then we come in verse 22 to Dan, where it says, And of Dan, he said, Dan is a lion's whelp; He shall leap uh, from Basha. So the earlier tribe, Gad, was like lion, and Dan is pictured as lion's cub. So we can say that uh, they both will be strong, but uh, relatively speaking, uh, Dan might be weaker compared to Gad, but they still uh, are given the same picture of strength and power, uh, which is associated with lions. And they, their original land was southwest of Canaan, but later they migrated to northeast and they annexed uh, areas in Bashan, which is what it says, he shall leap uh, from Bashan. Judges, there is a reference to the tribe of Dan, which is not very complimentary. So uh, there we read that the tribe of Dan was responsible for uh, introducing idolatry, uh, where it says, and the children of Dan set up graven image and Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of Manasseh, he and his sons were priests uh, to the tribe of Day until the day of the captivity of the land. So we know that when idolatry came, uh, eventually God punished uh, the people of Israel and they were taken into captivity. And we are coming to the end. Uh, blessings on Naphtali in verse uh, 23. It says, and of Naphtali, he said, oh, Naphtali is satisfied with favor and full with the blessings of the Lord, uh, possess thou the west and the south. Uh, again, the blessing is that uh, the tribes uh, would continue to conquer uh, in the land of Canaan, and God will give them victory, and God will uh, bless them uh, with his favor. So it speaks about favor and full blessings of the Lord, and it also speaks about possession of much land, so their possession extended all the way to the Sea of Galilee, uh, which is where Lord Jesus Christ uh, ministered. And there is a reference to that uh, in Matthew 4, uh, 13 through 16, uh, which speaks about the land uh, where the Lord Jesus Christ ministered, as it says in verse 15 of Matthew 4, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. So when people were sitting in darkness, uh, we saw that the light came uh, in the form of Lord Jesus Christ, 
and it came to the place or the allotted place that was given to the tribe of Naphtali. And the last one is the uh, Asher, which we read in 24 to 25. And of Asher, he said, let Asher be blessed with children. Let him be acceptable to his brethren. Let him dip his foot in oil. Thy shoes shall be iron and brass. And as thy days, so shall thy strength be. So again, it speaks about being blessed uh, with children, speaks about peace. And it's not very clear uh, what it means when it says uh, dip uh, his foot in oil. Uh, it may simply speak of abundance, uh, speaks about iron and bronze, bronze for sandals. So again, that's a metaphor for something which is again poetic. So it would be open to interpretation. And as thy days, so shall thy strength be. And in Genesis, when Jacob gives the blessing, he says, out of Asher, his bread uh, shall be fat, and he shall yield royal dainties. So it again speaks about abundance of blessing on this tribe. And as we come to the end, uh, uh, it reminds us that uh, Israel is truly blessed uh, because uh, they have been, they've been chosen by God, uh, who is a great God and who's the source of all the blessings. Yeah, so we saw that uh, this chapter began uh, with exalting God and giving him the glory. And as we come to the end of the chapter, after uh, mentioning blessings to all the tribes, uh, we see that the chapter closes uh, again with exalting God. So in verse 26, it says, uh, there is none like unto the God of Israel. So there is no one uh, greater than the God of Israel. And if you are a child of that God, then you should be happy or you should be blessed. So that's the connection between 26 and 29. Uh, if God is the greatest and if we are his children, then we should truly uh, consider ourselves as blessed or as it says here, uh, happy art thou, O Israel. So we also saw earlier in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, that uh, Israel is great uh, because they have a relationship uh, with the living God and they were the only nation uh, to receive the laws uh, directly from God. Of course, man had made many laws uh, before the Ten Commandments were given, but Israel was the nation to whom God gave the laws uh, directly. And in this portion that we read, uh, it reminds us that God is our helper and the Israelites they were blessed with the fullness of the blessings on the land. And it also reminded them that God is uh, unique and powerful and God will destroy uh, everyone who rises up uh, against uh, Israel. And we know that that will happen when the Lord returns uh, the second time. And uh, again, the beautiful verse that we often quote that we will find refuge uh, in God's uh, everlasting arms. So that's a theme that this chapter carries uh, right from the beginning where we saw that uh, all the saints are in his hand uh, as we saw in verse three. And here again, it ends by reminding us that we are secure uh, in God's uh, everlasting arms and he is our refuge and we are safe. So there is nothing that should make us anxious. There is nothing that should make us afraid because we are always uh, secure in his hands. And even uh, last week, we were reminded from Deuteronomy 32.9, for the Lord's uh, portion uh, is his people, 
Uh, Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. He found him in a desert land, in the waste howling wilderness. Uh, he led him, he instructed him, uh, he kept him as the apple of his eye. So Jacob uh, did many mistakes. Uh, there are many failures uh, in his life, but we see that uh, he was still kept uh, as the apple of his eye. And that is because of God's promise that he loved uh, Israel. Uh, they were the chosen generation. And it is through Jacob that God was going to establish uh, the 12 tribes and also the lineage of Lord Jesus Christ himself. So in Psalm 33 and verse 12, it reminds us that blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he has chosen uh, for his own inheritance. So in this world, uh, we think of blessings uh, in many ways, but the only way we can consider blessing is when God is uh, our Lord and he's our savior and he's the master of our life. And when God chooses us, uh, that is when our blessings uh, begin. And so Israelites, uh, they were chosen by God and that was the reason uh, for their blessing. That was the source of their blessing. And Paul reminds us in Galatians 3, uh, 28, 29, that uh, we are also chosen by him. So he says, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. And if we be Christ, then are he Abraham's seed and heirs according uh, to the promise. So we spoke about the promise uh, that was given to Abraham because of which uh, they became part of the chosen generation. But because of the work uh, that was done at the cross by Lord Jesus Christ, uh, we have also inherited uh, the same blessings. And we can also say that we are a chosen uh, generation. And the Lord has uh, chosen us uh, with a specific purpose uh, that we should bring forth uh, the praises of him who has called us out of darkness uh, into his marvelous light. So that should be the focus of our life. In everything that we do, uh, we should bring praises to him uh, because of the work uh, that he has done, the work of salvation that is bringing us from darkness into light and bringing us uh, from, a, from a group uh, which was not a people uh, to a people of God. So there was a time we were strangers uh, but now we are citizens in his kingdom and we have obtained mercy. And for all of those reasons, uh, we should continue to praise and worship him. And we talked about God is great. We talked about the blessings on the tribes of Israel. And we also saw that Israel itself is blessed uh, because they were chosen by God, who is the greatest 